All right. This is what should each team do, part D. So last we spoke, we went through A through D. Uh, it was a pretty extensive list. Let's see how far we get today, um, starting with Golden State. Uh, the Warriors have kind of pigeonholed themselves. What do I mean by that? I mean they've created a scenario where they have to win now, and, and teams know that, and um, they just have a weird mix of assets. So first and foremost, um, this is why you don't draft centers, okay? And the Cavs are going to experience with Evan Mobley, or uh, experiences with James Weissman, is, like, unless this is a like, really a generational talent, like someone that could pass, dribble, and shoot as a five, um, you can't treat centers anywhere near the same as you previously did. And, like, I, I posed this once on Twitter and I got laughed at, but I, I mean this seriously. If David Robinson, if you had to repeat that draft, basically, and Robinson's coming out, right, like, it's not a slam dunk as much as it used to be that he goes one. So, in the year of the, in the decade of the centers of the 90s, like, the NBA works at extremes. So you had situations where, you know, for a, a bevy of, I would say, in a, in a 10-year stretch, you had major centers, you know, five major centers drafted the number one. So, you know, 85, you have Ewing. Oh, sorry, 84, you have Olajuwon, 85, Ewing. You, you had Brad Daughtery, he got hurt. Um, so not his fault. Uh, but then you had David Robinson a few years later. Uh, then there's a little bit of a break. Then you have the big 92 year where you have Shaq, uh, Mutombo, and Mourning. Um, then you have a little bit of a break as well. Um, and then, it, 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 you know, there's, there's kind of a dry up of centers after those guys are in the market, right? So, again, after you have Ewing, Robinson, Mutombo, Mourning, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, basically the top five centers... Uh, in that window, uh, um, teams are trying to, you know, and, and you're building sort of potential dynasties off these guys. Teams are looking for that next big big center. And then it went to the other over extreme where centers are not drafted too early. And then to the extent where the Clippers make a mistake on Michael Alwakandi when uh, when Mike Bibby was clearly available and the best player coming out, you know, they're Everyone's kind of overdoing it, trying to find the next shack, and it just wasn't going to happen. And then, actually, I would say even post-Duncan, that was the dry spell. Duncan was probably the last one in 97. Um, and then after that, you had this huge dry spell in centers. And I think it's more because, you know, it's just natural. The players coming out are going to try to replicate the current players in the league. And then just make an adaptation to that game. So... You know, with Jordan and, and the evolution of the wing in the NBA, you had more wings coming out, less centers coming out. The earlier center was really a pro- produce of the centers of, of Russell, Chamberlain, Jabbar, which led to the next 20 years of generation. But now you're seeing less and less centers. You cannot draft a center unless the player can pass, rebound, or shoot. Um, or if you're going to draft a center, draft them late, late in the first or in the second. Um, it's just too easy of a position to get in the NBA right now. 
there should be no excuse to get a center. I mean, like, most teams in the league have, like, a decent center. It's hard to get a wing, but you have a center. I mean, like, even bad teams like Washington. Look at the guys they have that can play the five. You have Bertans, who's a spacing five. You have Thomas Bryant, who's solid. Um, you have Daniel Gafford, who's solid. So, every team has enough centers. It's just not a necessary position to jump for. Gold State learned that. Cleveland's going to learn it as well. Gold State now is stuck with Weissman. And the problem is, like, no team needs a center. So, you're not going to be able to move Weissman in a rebuild. He really doesn't have a ton of value in a rebuild. Well, you have to be, here's the truth. You got to hedge your, your errors, right? Cut your losses, if you will. So if, like, you thought Weissman, you got him at an 100. And, like, in order for him to really jump in value, he had to kill it his rookie year. He had to be in consideration for rookie of the year. He was nowhere near that. In fact, they couldn't play him. Uh, and it wasn't going to lead to wins. So as a result, if you're Golden State and you're making a move, Weissman's not a guy that's going to really garner too much value. And then you got Kuzminga and Moody, who are nice young wings, but again, not going to garner that much. So here's the problem. Most teams in Golden State situation are going to look to get that one big player. Again, go for the big three. And I say, no, no, no. In today's NBA... People are, are looking at the wrong, what the wrong teams did. People are like, let's consolidate talent and, and, and make a big move. The problem is, um, it, it's, it's hard to get those players. Those players aren't always easily available. Again, the one guy right now is Simmons. If I'm going to say, I make a run at Simmons, absolutely. Is him and Green the best fit? Probably not. Is him, Curry, and Thompson a great fit? Absolutely. In order for that to happen... You need a third team. Philadelphia's got no incentive to take on uh, the pieces that Golden State's looking to trade. Toronto might. Another team might. Another route that no one looks at is, I think, the more interesting route of a team that made the finals due to some intriguing trades at the deadline. Clearly the Miami Heat. Maybe the bubble Miami Heat. So the Jay Crowder pickup right, uh, was so big for them at, at the deadline. And getting, like, two or three rotational guys. They got Iguodala. They got um, Crowder. You know, getting those little pieces that add to your playoff rotation is so huge. So if you're Golden State, like I keep saying, the, the smarter teams go look at Memphis. And Memphis, I got the sense that they do want to double down on a rebuild. They go back and forth with them. But, again, you're going to have Kyle Anderson and Dylan Brooks extremely available. And you might not get. You might not get, um, you know, any uh, any of those studs. Like, I don't think, I, you know, I don't even know if like, you don't even know if the teams that do have the studs are looking to move them. And also, some of those studs are overrated. So, like Bradley Beal overrated. But again, Washington's showing no signs to make him available. That's the first thing. Second thing is, if you're Golden State, like you have to play the prospects to increase the value as well. So, like, you can't just draft Moody because they kind of airballed a little bit, in my opinion. Golden State had to make a deal on draft night. Otherwise, like, these guys don't fit. Right? So they're not going to pay Kuzminga and Moody. They're not going to play them. And as a result, um, 
you know, Golden State's going to be a similar situation than they were last year. Now, look, just Poole, Jordan Poole's got a little bit of value. Fine. But again, none of these things are enough to, to move the needle. Golden State really needs some legit win-now pieces, and that's going to be the only way uh, we see them making a run. Only way. So, again, like, what, you know, what are those pieces? Well, if you could move Weissman, uh, some of your picks, you get Kyle Anderson, Brooks. Uh, does, it, does it do enough? No. I'm not sure what does at this point. Um, you might have to do a few moves to get, you know, more, more depth there. Um, if I'm Gold State, i got to wait to see what Clay Thompson looks like when he gets back. Otherwise, um, I might fake a Curry injury and shut it down, play the youth, and um, make a big, massive move at next draft. I don't know. They're in a, they're in a, a tougher spot than most realize. Houston. Yeah, he, kudos to Houston. A little bit. A little kudos. A little kudos. Um, again, Houston bottomed out as they should. They didn't own their pick. Unless it was top four. So that's good. Uh, they absolutely botched the Harden deal. This is one of the worst deals in NBA history. Uh, with the Superstar involved, you deal with Superstar, you get four late firsts. There's no guarantee those guys are going to be in the NBA post the rookie deals. Most late firsts are not. Um, old to get Old Depot, who you then don't even keep, and you move him, and he's worth a minimum deal. If they ended up with Karis Levert and a couple of picks here, they would have been fine. If there was a Spencer, Dinwiddie, Levert, Jared Allen trio option, they could have easily signed up for it. That would have been smart. Um, but look, it is what it is. They've rebounded well. I'll say that. Jalen Green's going to have an opportunity to win Rookie of the Year. They're on the right path. If they keep their pick when it's top three protected, um, they can continue to kind of go the hinky route and rebuild that way. They're on the right route. Indiana. So Indiana really, really needs to make a, really needs to make a run. Um, you know, I still see them in that two through nine clump in the East. They could surprise people and get up to the two seed, or they could still have a similar year that they got last year and get the nine. They're really overvaluating uh, T.J. Warren on that team. That he's a ridiculous two-way talent. Um, his defense is going to bring elements into the picture, etc. I, I don't, I don't see that. I think they're playing their cards correctly with Philly, and being in touch with Simmons. The deal that I love for them is Brogdon and T.J. Warren for Ben Simmons. Now Simmons and Sabonis is a funky fit. Totally appreciate that. If I'm Indiana, I have a whole plan. I would do the Simmons deal, and then I would do a Sabonis deal. I would move Sabonis to Boston. I think he fits there. Um, and I would try to get all their youth. I would try to get, you know, Richardson, uh, just to, you know, value, you know, to even out contracts. Uh, but try to get Pritchard, Langford, Naismith, uh, and picks even. I think you could get it. I think Boston's looking to consolidate. I think Indiana should cash in on that. And they definitely need spacing. Uh, who helps there. So would that make Indiana worse in the interim? Maybe, but they could roll a lineup of like, let's call it something like Simmons, uh, Levert, Naismith, um, 
you know, Turner, uh, Osei Brichette. I mean, like, there's a lot of fun lineups they can do. Uh, you have Pritchard Linkford in there. Um, I, I just think they could rebuild around Simmons and Levert. It would be a phenomenal defensive team, get a little younger, get a little more fun. And, and I think Simmons would do well there. Uh, L.A. Clippers. So, again, a lot of people were knocking them. They didn't go after Westbrook. Westbrook even said there was no way in hell he's going to the Clippers. Okay, fine. Everybody wants Westbrook, obviously. Um, Clippers, kudos to them for retaining their top two guys, first off. The thing I'll say is, like, look, this is a big if, but if that team is healthy, they should be the favorites to win the West. Does that mean they win the whole thing? Probably not. I don't think they can beat Brooklyn. But <clears throat> should be favorites to win the West. Um, again, health is a big gift. They had a, a Baca went down. Um, obviously, Leonard's out. And there's really just not much wiggle they can do. Now, what they are doing a good job of is uh, expanding the role of Terrence Mann. So Terrence Mann should have a big season. Clearly a key guy for them moving forward. And he's a wing. So now for the Clippers... When you are healthy, you're going to have a team of George and Leonard. And Terrence Mann becomes a very movable guy because everyone's going to want that type of player. And you could probably get a veteran at that point and put you over the top um, if that situation comes, right? This is going to be Paul George's year. Let's see. A lot of people peg him to be a potential MVP candidate. I hear it because Leonard's going to be out. If they can get Leonard for the playoffs and George is there and they're in sort of strong playoff positioning, Really a who-knows team, honestly. Uh, they could do a lot of damage. I, I, I think the fits are fine if everyone's healthy. If Ibaka's healthy, Zubak, and all those guys. Made a couple of errors. Luke Kennard's contract's not good. We could all admit to that. Um, but again, it's going to depend on uh, what man does. The value he increases, and they're, they're on the right path. They don't have to do anything, quite frankly. Lakers, Lakers already made their bed. Um, I mean, they're really, really old, and I think they're going to be disappointed because I'm not a big Westbrook guy. But, look, I do believe um, that's one of the weakest wing rotations in the league, uh, if you consider LeBron the fourth. So, they're going to start basically Westbrook, what, Ellington, LeBron, AD, uh, I don't even know who they got at center at this stage. Um, it's just, I don't know. They're, they're going to go all in for the playoffs. They're going to fight for the six seed, but they have no other elements they could do. Lakers are actually not that fun to diagnose about what they should do. Miami, so too with the other teams, kind of also made their bet. They went all in to Kyle Lowry. Miami lost way too much depth, losing none. Uh, Olinick, Leonard, um, so they don't have any spacing bigs anymore, which is going to hurt. Uh, and they're going to be concerned there. Uh, let's finish off the M's. I would say Miami, though, what should they do? So I think they overpaid Duncan Robinson. He's got a value there. And the question is, is Tyler Hero going to finally show up, right? But if you're Miami, your goal is to win the East and win the title. And Butler, Lowry, bam, you know, does that cut it? I don't know. They need Hero. They need Hero to really develop. And the longer they wait on him, the lower his value goes. Now, Hero should have good value. Um, 
The question is, could you get... What are you going to get in the hero deal? I think Miami needs to continue the types of moves they did last two years ago. Go for a Kyle Anderson, Dylan Brooks kind of tandem. And, uh, you know, that could be the route for them to... Uh, to contend. But again, like those guys are not so easy to acquire. They don't have any assets. Um, so, because of that, um, the only guy that's got value and has got a big contract on the team is Duncan Robinson. So there's a couple other cover moves that um, they could do. And they got Tyler Hero. So, you know, what kind of haul? They got to trade two to get four, in my opinion. If they move Hero and Duncan somewhere, they got to get a lot of stuff back. And unfortunately, right now, there's just not like, I don't see a world where the pieces that could get back make sense. I mean, here's an example. I'll just throw this um, idea out there. Speaking of the top of my head over here. Uh, Cleveland's got Colin Sexton. Okay. Um, who they would love to move. Um, let's say Hero's your guy. Let's say you love Hero. He's going to start. Hero's your man. So you're starting Larry, Hero, Butler, um, insert player, and Bam. Okay? Or Butler's your small ball forward, and you have Duncan Robinson in there. All right. So they clearly need, like, another um, wing. They need a few wings. But they need spacing. For me, what it boils down to is, I think Cleveland's an interesting situation, a place for them to look at a deal. I, I don't move Hero. I think if you ch- dealt like Duncan Robinson, and if Kevin Love showed signs of being being able to be resurrected, and you could get a, a, a legit Kevin Love, not a bad Kevin Love, right, and get you know Sexton Love, let's say Seti Osman. Okay, and like a protected, you know, lot of protected pick or whatever, and try to just think clever. You, you know, you flip. I don't know. Let's say you flip. I'm making this up, but let's say it's uh, Clippers gonna be very desperate for spacing. Okay, so if you're getting let's say Sexton Love, um, let's say it's just Sexton and Love for Sexton and Love and uh, and Osman for Duncan Robinson. It's not. It's not bad. Um. I think Sexton can make a lot of sense. Someone like that, as a sixth man, they need that role. They need scoring off the bench. And they need spacing from the big um, to help with that. And a love could be that guy if he's back. That's the kind of risk I look at if I'm Cleveland. Everyone's going to think I'm crazy for just that deal. Uh, but Miami kind of makes sense. Let's go Milwaukee, Memphis, Minnesota. We'll wrap up the M's. Milwaukee can't do anything. They can't. Now, they didn't retain any of the free agents, which is nothing but a shame, quite frankly. I mean, you know, they got to be able to get uh, to get P.J. Tucker to come back, you know, any of these guys. So, look, they're going to keep it as is. They're going to move forward. Um I would have liked to see them take a shot at Oladipo on the cheap. Uh, that's a, could be a bonus for Miami, by the way. If he does anything, then Tucker Robinson becomes even more available. Um, the 
Milwaukee can't do anything. Minnesota is, it needs to make a run at Simmons. It's time. I, I think Anthony Edwards and, and Russell, I would, I would do it. I'd do it in a heartbeat. I would pair up Simmons and Towns and just start a foundation from there. Now, the rest of the lineup isn't great, right? you got Simmons. Probably would roll with Simmons, Beasley, Lehman, um, McDaniels, and, and Towns. Right? Not the, not the best team, but um, let Simmons roll. I think he could be really good. Let that team sniff the playoffs. And then, you know, make sure you get spacers, you get the right pieces around them. And I like it. I like it for both teams. And I think Russell is not a good contract. We'll let Philly take him. And those are my M's. And when we regroup, we'll start with the N. And that's your New York Knicks, guys. All right. It was a quickie, but a goodie. We'll speak to you on the flippity.